Ooh. Kick off them shoes. There them dogs. Let's see. See what I got here. Uh, let's give it a couple quick seconds of silence real quick. Oh, I did. Uh, the oh, you did? That okay, front run is, is, yeah, like five seconds is all Sick. you need. Okay. You know, I don't really have any hot takes That's with one. this one. All right. I thought this was a pretty well done episode, except for the Harfoots. <laughs> like, they really extended that yeah. that whole scene where Nori was leaving. And, like, she's she starts walking away, and she stopped. And she starts walking away, then again, then she stopped again. It's like, geez, just get gone. So you're saying the hot take, it would probably be the Harfoots again? The Harfoots again. Harfoots the musical, Harfoots the, yeah. the drama. There's no singing this episode. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, too, I was like, okay, come on. Let, let's speed this up a little yeah. bit. I'm not feeling any connection here. I don't know anybody that does. No. This they, isn't Frodo. They try to make it all teary-eyed. Even, Even I don't know. Even Sadik dying. Sadik dying. Like, I didn't care. Out of, like, all the hobbits, I would think Frodo and Samwise are the quite connected ones with the fans. I'm Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Merry and Pippin. But, like, not even Bilbo. He, he had his own trilogy as well. Not until The Hobbit. I don't think people were so connected with him in The Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, no. I don't quite feel it with The Hobbit, but then as well. Poppy and... It's time it's go to time. Well, I thought we had something... quite pleased with how the series is and how the season ended yeah this is mdc this is cody that's my guy in the chair michael there and yeah right <laughs> guy in the chair there okay so let's stick with our potatoes first what we didn't like in this show we had three storylines the from least to what we think was the better one the one that we like least to best was the numenor story that one was very quick two scenes yeah maybe three secondly was the harfoots story harfoots slash stranger slash cultist slash uh they got a lot going on yep. somehow and then what i was calling the erigion 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 oregano mochacho that storyline of them crafting the rings yeah halbron and galadriel finally make it and they they get to cracking on the rings of power they said it they said the name do you want to go first let, let what was your your question again on numenor you wanted to lead with so we'll with start by summary. doing a, yeah let's doing a quick summary so just a brief summary not too much happened I guess that's that's not necessarily true. I feel like actually quite a bit happened in, with the Numenor storyline, mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't take up a lot of screen time. We start off with Farazhan kind of commissioning some artists to work on the likeness of King Tarpalantir. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of speculating that he's going to die pretty soon. I caught the vibes that he was trying to swoop in a little bit there. Okay. Usurp. Yeah. A little usurpiness going on. And um, we get this really interesting scene with um, Irian, which mm-hmm. is Elendil's daughter, which I believe was created. The the by... makeup for the show, yeah, she was yeah. she was made up uh, Isildur's sister. Yes, yeah. yeah. So she's not part of Tolkien's actual work. This is something that was added after the fact. And we get a really cool scene where Irian starts to hear King Tarpalantir babbling a little bit, and then she mm-hmm. runs out to go get help uh, because he's confusing her. 
thinking that she's Queen Muriel. Yeah, right. And all of a sudden, she runs back after shouting for help, and he's no longer in bed. He just disappears, and yeah. he's in the room. He stumbled over. The, yeah, he's in the room of the plantier. The old and, man stumble. Yeah, and so she goes, and the very last image we see there is she pulls back the cover of the plantier, mm-hmm. and the rest is a mystery. <laughs> I thought it was really funny, him grabbing on her. I see what you do in the nights. <laughs> that was a old, weird line. Old man, you keep that to yourself. <laughs> I'm going to call the police on you now. Don't you be watching me in the night. It's a little creepy there, Tarplant here. Yeah. I don't really have too much on that part, but he, you said that he was going on babbling. That wasn't just a, I've, I've got old man dementia babbling or anything. No, that was the babbling of... Um, what I think is somebody who has spent too much time looking into the plantier because the palantir. he does the palantir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He makes a comment to Irian saying that he doesn't know what's what, real, what's Yeah, he now, doesn't know what's, what's in the past, what's in the future, what's yeah. current because he has spent so much time looking at the palantir. I, I'm sure that because he also has an old man brain, he's still he's still man, not quite elfish, full elf kind of deal that that would really uh take a toll on your mind and then at that age as well yeah he's probably pushing that 300 years old he's getting up there and he says something pretty interesting to irian there he says if their old ways are not restored the Uh other will fall so what what do you think he, he meant by that by the old ways i made note of that because I remember talking about it on one of our earlier episodes when we first saw Tar Palantir. Yeah. Uh, he was a long line of the kings that uh, after a while they really started hating the elves according to the lore. It wasn't until his mother, she started teaching him on the side. She was sneak teaching him the, the ways of the elves and of the Valars and stuff. And so he didn't really line up with the rest of Numenorians hating on the elves and hating on the Valar. And yeah. so he was more of an elf ally, and he was trying to convince Muriel to be an elf ally. She was kind of on the fence. She was kind of on the fence because mm-hmm. uh, R. is on the king now, where he's very anti-elf and he wants to run Middle Earth. Long answer short, Tar Palantir. He was a elf lover, and uh, that's why he was talking about the old ways being connecting back with them and the Valar being. One so, with the faithful. So you think then that the elves would help save Numenor then when that wave ultimately comes? I think, well, again, you were saying that that wave is, is metaphorical. Is metaphorical. Yeah. So, yeah, if they were more faithful with the elves and they went over to Middle-earth sooner, they didn't sit there and debate on it, that maybe they could have stopped it. Mm. Good point. Stopping it, meaning stopping Mountain Doom. Yeah. Uh, erupting and such where they just showed up uh, like two episodes ago yeah had they not been bickering for like four episodes yeah yeah and accusing elf lovers and yeah right? yeah i wish they had gone a little bit more into the whole civil war thing because mm-hmm. that would have explained given a little bit more grounds as to why there was so much hesitancy yeah there the second half of the numenor story there that picks up with muriel and elendil they're making their passage 
back from Metal Earth to Numenor. We see Muriel's being quite pissy because, again, she's blind. And so she's trying to look graceful while being blind. And Elendil is there trying to help and carry on the mission after what they have are both losing there. And, again, yeah, he's an elf lover. Elendil doesn't mean lover of the stars. Um, Yeah, one who loves the stars. One who loves the stars. And something that I think is kind of cool about that, actually. Thinking about it now, I just made this connection. I'm pretty sure elves, when they die, they become a star or something along those lines. Do they? Maybe. I think there's there's a mention about Elrond's dad there becoming a star. Well, that's the star that everybody follows and such. That is Elrond's dad. And there is a lot of, uh, like, they make legends and tales out of it. So there's a connection between the elves and stars. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because Stars and trees. if we're thinking that Elendil's wife was okay. an elf and she died uh-huh. and she became a star and he, maybe that's when he became a lover of the stars. Ooh, damn. So maybe Elendil isn't his original name. Fuck, that was good, Michael. That was good shit. Yeah. That if anybody was tracking along with that, I kudos to you. That was nice. So we'll see. <laughs> you, it could be nothing, could be a reach, but um I do see a little bit of a connection there. Anyways, they get back to Numenor now and they see they walk out and they see actually uh only Elendil sees because Mirror be blind. And they show up to Numenor and there are new banners hanging everywhere. Definitely something is a little <laughs> bit off there. My immediate thought was did Farazon just usurp the throne? Is that just what happened? You thinking that's that's what it is? Just yeah. You, you said earlier he was given hints of it. I in a, in the lore he is a usurper. He he did go in and take it actually, yeah, right after the death of Tar Palantir. There you in, go. in the lore, I, that I, I I just made saw the the connection that, and I was like, oh yeah, our fair is on. Oh yeah, no duh, he was supposed to in there, mm-hmm. but oh my god, if it leads back to our original babbling where our fair is on is there, and he becomes the king, Halbron then sails back to Numenor. They're no longer allies with the elves, and he convinces our fair is on to sail on Valinor. To take his immortality. And that brings about the destruction of Numenor. Interesting. Oh. So maybe there's a whole thing there. If you don't ally with the elves, the elves Mm -hmm. will turn against you. I don't know. Again, from the lore, it was that our pharaohs on Numenor, they took Sauron captive. And then he became Uh, an advisor because he was a sneaky snake. Okay. And became an advisor and said, sail on Valinor because then you can take your immortality. Yeah, so for not a lot of screen time, there was quite a bit of um, quite a bit dropped on us there for the oh. Numenorean storyline. So I'm not disappointed there. They did, so. they did drop a lot. Yeah. Some big news out of the Harfoot story that that was pretty big out from us, where we oh, yeah. started following the stranger again. Mm-hmm. They're in the Greenwood, trying to find some food, and he stumbles onto the cultists. You were asking, who are these cultists? We were just writing yeah. them down as cultists. Yeah, so so that's my question here. We've been just kind of notating them as the cultists, but who um, who are they? Are they Balrogs? Mm-hmm. We get a little scene there at the end, like they kind of look like Ringwraiths, but they're not Ringwraiths because Ringwraiths were the king of men. Right. So, who are they? Are they are they even from this world, or are they from another world? Well, they do have names. Uh, I, I got two of them. Uh, Ascetric. The, oh, the Ascetic. The Ascetic and the Nomad and I don't remember what the third one no, was. Man. I was really curious about that as well because they seem to be on uh, on the same par as the Maiar are. 
Yeah, so they seem to be on the same tier as the Maiar, where they were able to knock out the stranger. Mm. They weren't affected by his magic at all kind of thing, and then they actually put him down. Well, they were. Um, they had that scene where the stranger, he like does that little Hulk smash thing on the ground. Right. And then you see the, not Slim Shady, Slim Shady seems to be the powerful one, but the other two kind of fly back. Right. And Slim Shady like takes cover behind her arm type of thing. And then she's able to force lift him up in the air. Yeah. Well, they, she, so she also caught him off guardish kind of thing and was throwing yeah. him around as well. Yeah. Knocked him out kind of deal. So my um, thoughts is that she's not as powerful as the Maiar. She's, she's like than him right now because he hasn't realized his power yet. She's like a level 99 and he's a level one of whatever tiers they're on. He's got to level up. Yeah. And so that's why they're so evenly matched Could kind be. of thing. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't have any experience points yet. <laughs> put, <laughs> put it in D&D terms for me. <laughs> Explain it to me. Uh, eventually, though, the, we saw the last episode that the Harfeet were coming to rescue the stranger now. They finally catch up and are doing so. This kind of cracked me up. This is where we saw... Oh, shit. No, you want to... We want to back it up because the cultists, they were talking about going to rune that the stranger needs to go to rune and you were looking up what rune is yeah is there anything to say on that uh, uh, about rune or why they have to go to rune yeah so that's that's kind of the interesting thing here so the stranger has this constellation that he seems to be kind of obsessed with on this uh, on this parchment paper uh he draws the constellation with fireflies a few episodes back and the the cultists reveal that that location is rune which is over to the east which is the land that encompasses um, basically all lands east of the rovanion and um even including mount doom that's like half the map that they're they're like we have to go and take are they trying to conquer all of the east or so i don't think that there's a lot of civilization out there because from the lore it says that basically elves men and dwarves awoke in rune and then they ended up moving west and formed the kingdoms in the Hmm. first and second age elves men and orcs dwarves dwarves elves men and dwarves and in the third age so the third age is going to be uh lord of the rings time frame Okay. Um, in the Third Age, Rune was visited by Saruman and the Blue Wizards. So the Blue Wizards being Alatar and Palando. Palando. Oh. Um, Saruman, they do have names. Yes. Saruman <laughs> comes back. Alatar and Palando stay in Rune. Gotcha. And we, we don't see too much of Rune nope. in Lord of the Rings, so that's why we don't see too much of the Blue yeah. Wizards. Rune seems to be fairly... Not a great place to be from from what I'm gathering. It's a hellscape or... It's basically a hellscape because you think about it this way. The Rovanion That's is... not the vibe I was picking up that you're throwing down about Rune of like it was a hellscape. It's like, oh yeah, like it's pretty bleh. There's not much out there. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's a hellscape. So there's this pretty cool interactive map here on LoderProject.com. And Ooh. you can see... The Rovanion is basically over the the forest of the Mirkwood. Okay. Which is not a good place to be, which is where the dwarfs and Bilbo cross the Mirkwood and they get attacked by all those gigantic spiders on the way over to Erebor. Oh. Oh, that the dark woods there. Yes, Mirkwood. 
Interesting. And also Mount Doom is just a little travel down south. South of that. Yeah. The Southlands, all of Mordor. Mm -hmm. So there doesn't seem to be too much good things happening over eastward there. Uh, The most eastward city that I'm seeing is Rohan. Uh, Okay. Fangorn Forest as well is just north of Rohan. Well, uh, if you guys aren't able to keep up with our visuals that we're spitting at you, uh, Lord of the Rings Project. Loader Project. L-O-T-R Project. It's got some good, uh, some good stuff there. Good. I definitely checked that out because that was actually fun to, to work with and read around. Real quick. Um, yeah. So that constellation okay. is called the Hermit's Hat, which is a pattern visible only in one place far to the east where the quote unquote, the stars are strange. The so stars are strange. That is where um, Rune is. In one specific spot. Yeah, uh, I didn't catch. A I wonder how. Spot. Sp- I wonder how specific. I don't know. Maybe just the stranger follows say. his nose the whole way there, into just finding the sweet spot. Yeah, but then you're saying that it's a hellscape over there. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be very great. Not, um, not sweet. And lame. one other thing that I picked up there with the cultists, they mentioned that there was a veil placed upon the stranger's mind. Okay. By quote unquote those who cast him down. Who so, casted the Maiar down? Exactly. Because they're, they're saying he's Sauron. Sauron's a Maiar. Yeah. Uh, but then later on we find out he's an Estorius. So yeah. Wizards are Maiar. And the Valar casted them down. So the Valar are still in this, it yeah. seems. Anyways, the, the Harfoot story picks up afterwards that Nori is... Uh, then the Harfeet, they're attacking the cultists, trying to free the stranger now. We see Sadik die, and then, and then Nori shows up with a staff. Yeah, where'd she get this staff, huh? That's my question. That's what you're saying. <laughs> where that where that staff come from? She just kind of randomly pulls out a staff, and and she's like presenting it to the stranger, like, "Hey, this is gonna solve all your problems." Yep. How does she know that? Where does the staff come from? And then why does all of a sudden when he takes the staff, like he's able to curveball destroy curveball for you? Uh, what happened to? last episode i'm just a harfoot kind of yeah what happened to that mentality yeah there's There's no consistency here yeah they they just went straight for it and started attacking okay so here's my hot take my hot take is numenor wasn't actually the bad storyline here the harfoots are still the bad storyline because they're so freaking inconsistent so you get these scenes where um like oh i'm just a harfoot and then you get these scenes where they're like oh yeah i gotta stay on the trail where they're, now they're fighting cultists, and now the parents are like, "Oh yeah, no, we got to go off with the stranger and help and them they're, out." They're taking, they're taking a, a throwing knife to the chest. Yeah, and then popping back up, and they're like, "Surprise, motherfucker!" Yeah, stab you in the foot. Yeah, that was that was quite infuriating. That was very infuriating. Infuriating, but I I put that down. Peace out, Sadok. Sadok, psych. He was just faking it, and he just surprised motherfuckered you <laughs> out of nowhere. I, I was like, are they? Why are they saving these characters? Kind of thing. But, well, they didn't. Sadok dies. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he 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 did come back and was like, oh, I just want to watch the sunset. Yeah. But still, he came back to help out, and then he died. I'm did he need that redemption? Watch. I didn't like, like Sadok. I didn't like that character. I didn't think they do a good did a good job with him. Not saying that the acting was bad. The acting was great. But I'm 
it's the story. Yeah. It's the story for me, man. <laughs> I, I put, are they not killing off enough characters in this show? Because they're trying to make us really feel the connection with them and then they're not killing them off. Are they trying to really get us to reel back from what happened in Game of Thrones? <laughs> Just everybody's getting murdered. That was like part of what I was worried about was that um, Amazon was going to make another Game of Thrones with mm-hmm. Rings of Power. And so I'm glad that they didn't go that route because you, we don't have to. We you don't, don't like your emotions being played with like that? <laughs> well, I just don't think we need another Game of Thrones. The I think character Game of Thrones development. Is unique where it's at, it does a good job for being what it is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, I don't like my emotions being played with like that. If I start liking a character, they die. <laughs> that's that's where we really emotionally shut down now for 22, where yeah. we're just like, nope, you played with too many fucking characters in our life. <laughs> You killed us on the inside, George R. R. Martin. What does the R stand for? J. R. R. Tolkien. George R. R. Martin. What's the deal with these double R's? J. K. R. R. Rowling. I remember I said in the first ep- episode it was Jolkin, uh, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> that was. That's what the R's are. The J. R. R. I don't know what's going to rhyme with. George Roro Martin. Roro Martin. <laughs> Middle name Roro. Yeah, I, I think that they, uh, they that RR means nothing. It's just a prerequisite <laughs> for becoming a fantasy author. That's what I'm thinking. So, realizing that uh, we didn't even mention the important bit here, that the cultists believe that the stranger was Sauron. We totally skimmed over that part. Yeah. Where it was just like, you are Sauron. And... I think we I, knew I all along. It. I didn't yeah. feel it. We've known all along that Sauron is Halbrand. I think I think since like episode three or four. You, you jumping on the Halbrand train? Well, I mean, we got I, we got I, a reveal to us this time. Yeah, episode eight. They they didn't really keep that from us. I appreciate mm-hmm. that they didn't lead us on with that story. But uh, yeah, I was since I saw Halbrand, I was like, this motherfucker's too handsome at sea. <laughs> He's up to something shady. This is my Sauron. Exactly. That's who I was thinking. I, ne- I, I never felt it was the stranger. It took me, I think you got it before me. It took me a couple episodes after you realized it before I saw it. I didn't think it was a stranger. I thought the stranger was Gandalf, but I could see the whole case being made for him being um, Sauron. But we do see, like. Are you saying Sauron? Um, no. Well, we'll, we'll saying, come back I'm to that. It could be both. But I'm thinking it's Gandalf. Are you wanting to jump to that point? Because that, that, I mean, that's basically when the episode uh, ends for the the Harfoot story was uh, Istar. Istar in your common tongue means wizard. Yeah, wise one or wizard. So we know for sure that he's one of the five. One the of the question five. is which one? Okay. Again, you, uh, the five you said uh, Sauron, Gandalf, uh, Radagaskar, and then you you had the other two? Yeah, um, so we have Sauron the White, Gandalf the Grey. Uh-huh. We have Radagast the Brown. Radagast. And then the two blue wizards who are buddy buddies, uh, their names are Alatar and Palando. Or Palando, I don't know how you say it. The blue ones. They're apparently chilling out in, in Rune around the Third Age. So, interesting. I, I'm curious that because they're white, gray, brown, blues that what do they start off because they're not on the same level uh the white the white ones are 
far more advanced than the, yeah. the, the, the gray ones. Gray more than the brown, brown more than the blue. Do they all start out at blue? Do I don't, they start out below blue? I don't think they level up like that. I think Gandalf is kind of the exception. Um, because, and again, I might be totally, totally wrong here. But I think it's because, essentially, Saruman wasn't doing his job. Because the Mire were sent to Middle-earth to help bring peace. Uh-huh. And Saruman just kind of made things worse. And so Gandalf took his spot. But that's the thing is what you said that the Maiar were sent to Earth. The Balrogs are also Maiars. Yes. They weren't. They're not saving shit. No, but I think they were. They followed Melkor and uh, mm. Morgoth over. Or sorry, I guess Melkor Morgoth. <laughs> Melkor Morgoth, um, which they side followed, of the coin. Yeah, Morgoth Sauron over. Gotcha. So then there's multiple Maiars to be sending over. Because mm-hmm. again, Sauron's a my are as well yeah i it just gives me more fucking questions so here's the thing every time here's why i think that the stranger is gandalf okay so we've seen that gandalf in the lord of the rings and even in the hobbit he has this thing with moths moths okay moths. and so we see after while the stranger is after he gets a staff from nori while uh-huh. he's attacking the cultists before they turn into the ghostly ring wraith looking okay thing you see a moth flash on the screen for a second there. Uh, on the on the face of whatever One of the, the fuck they are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that just screamed Gandalf to me. Okay. And that, on top of him saying, I'm good, Nori saying that he's good, they do this and show. that they are of darkness or yes. from darkness, yes. those ones. That was, that was exactly. pretty Gandalf. It's, it was very Gandalf. That sounds like something that he said to the one who was fighting the Bal- Balrog. I'm going to feed you up a little bit, and then I'm going to dismantle it with, I think that it's Sauron. But let, let, I'm, I want to see what you have to keep saying. And yeah. I want to build it up, because I'm going to fucking crush it. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, I, I get the whole thing with the lore <laughs> saying that Sauron was the first one. Yeah. But I don't think that this show is really sticking to the lore all that much. Okay. I think they're kind of bending time a little bit, as we saw with the Balrog awakening gotcha. in, um, in Khazad-dûm there. So I think they're kind of bending time a little bit. They're, it's not necessarily going to be canon. Yeah. I really just want to pry at it because it's like Saruman versus Gandalf. Yeah. The bait here. Kind of thing. I think the, I think it's Gandalf. That's where I'm going okay. with. There's a lot of foreshadowing that he's good. You were... Also made the connection earlier that uh, a sweetness smell in the air to follow your your follow your nose nose. Pretty sure he said that to one of the hobbits before as well, or by him, I mean Gandalf. He did. He said that to. Nope. Not a big deal. I it I just know. Sounds familiar. I I see it in my mind, and that's why I'm like I'm trying to remember it. It's one of those times, you know. We can't think about it on the spot. Comment down below. Yes, help me out. Hook me up here. Okay, so sure, Gandalf said all of this. I think he learned it from Saruman. Saruman was the first one. I'm going to say that it was Saruman. He was the first Istar. He's the, the first wizard. He's the white one. He's leveled up all the way before Gandalf did. Also, the same theme as Halbron, where they aren't evil in the beginning, but in the end, they, they do a switch. And they are actually... Saruman always kind of had a little bit of evil, a little bit of jealousy going on, a little bit of selfishness. 
whereas Gandalf seems to always be very selfless and um, wanting to help other people, placing other people before his needs first. And that seems very... Um, Instinctual now. Yeah, that's that seems what the stranger has been doing. He's been very selfless up to this point. You haven't seen a single selfish act from him. <laughs> Fine. You won me over. It's Gandalf. God. We'll it... see. We'll see. We got until 2024, I think, before they uh, drop that on us. I, I think that that would be a good story because, as well, we don't know if this was the first Istar being sent down here uh, to Middle-earth. Saruman, he could be wandering over somewhere as well. He was just sent a couple days early. I don't know. And then, yeah, we are following Gandalf's origin story. That would probably make for a better series than following Saruman's. Yeah, because nobody really likes Saruman. And if and if you're thinking about it this way, they really want to, by they, I mean Amazon, they really want to pre- appease the Lord of the Rings Jeff fans. Bezos. Yeah. Jeff Please Bezos. Please us, Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. So um, that's where I'm thinking, like, to, to make the fans happy, they're going to they're gonna give Gandalf a little origin story on Middle Earth. Okay. I can dig it. So that's why it makes sense to, in my brain here. But. All right. Mm. That's... That's where the Harfoot story ends, though. Um, with Nori Nor- going off with Gandalf. Nori was going off with Gandalf. Where MDC is Team Gandalf here. You can't. You can't divide us. <laughs> okay. I'm. I'm already too busy trying to do that. <laughs> I will rip us apart. I see how how your loyalty is. Like right. two minutes ago, you're like, I'm gonna let you build it up, and then I'm gonna dismantle it. <laughs> Good luck. Hey, I'm a man of reason, all right? (laughs) (laughs) I also like Starscream from Transformers. Quite the flip-flopper as well. I've been watching the the Transformers. I gotta rewatch that. It's been a minute for me. They've got, like, two seasons, two, like, series on Netflix. Oh, TV series? Yeah. Yeah, animated cartoon ones. Uh, One of them's the Beast series. And so nice. that's where I was like, oh yeah, I'm get, I'm pumped for that new movie. Okay. I need a new show to watch, so I'm a, I might check that out because I got to catch back up with Transformers with the new movie. Yeah, so I'm in the middle of doing that, and I got uh, High on Life on on my PC as well. High on Life. Yeah, I was thinking that I might want to play that later because it's from the creators of Rick and Morty. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. I'd be down. You, you have no idea. You'll never kn- know what's coming with it. So okay, okay. We'll, we'll open it up later. Let's get through this last part here. Yeah. Uh, so finishing it off, the last story that we were saving it for, the meat. Give me the meat. Give it to me raw. Uh, was the Aregion. Yeah. Aregion. Oregano. The Elvish Smiths. They were smithing uh, the I just got to say power. real quick. Um they had this really cool shot with Galadriel with Halbron on, on on the horseback, just kind of racing towards the city. Like they do, like such a good job with the cinematography mm-hmm. when it comes to like displaying the landscape, displaying the cityscape. It's just such a beautiful looking world that they've created. That is really yeah. a strong suit when it comes to Rings of Power. Yeah, is the aesthetics of the world that that's what really in, like engulfs you to the world what's going on in the story and stuff to make you feel like you're there exactly i like that that's good shit hall brown he's the one that figures out that how how to use the mithril mm-hmm. uh he wakes up in 
Caliburnbor's workshop, and it, I I thought he was really putting on the the ass kissery oh. here to Caliburnbor. Yeah. Were you feeling oh, yeah. that? Is this the legendary workshop of Caliburnbor? <laughs> and then Caliburnbor is all like in the corner, like tee hee hee. <laughs> it is. Here's a platter full of flatter. Yeah. <laughs> Let me on in. A little bit of brown on his nose there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's part of the manipulation strategy of Sauron. Yeah. To get on somebody's good side. And then he he figured out that Celebrimbor, flattering him, is going to get him on his good side a little bit. It did. And then as well, also impressing him. Yeah. He, he did so impressing him, knowing the smithing techniques and such. Yeah. Because he takes notice of the mithril. Mm-hmm. He's like, what kind of stone is this? And then he mentions... What if you try and combine it with other ores in order to kind of stretch out the little bit that you do have? That might make it more powerful, make an alloy. And okay. he's saying that the right alloy might amplify the qualities mm. of the mithril. Alloyed being the name of the episode. Yes. So here's my question. How does he have all this knowledge <laughs> if he is the son of a king? Okay. You ready to jump down it? I, oh, let's do it. I, I, I really thought about because I... Was curious as well. Uh, way back when, I was thinking, how did Sauron build this ring? Mm. Kind of deal. Why him? Why makes him so interesting to do so? Interesting man in Middle Earth. Did you know that he studied under Aule? Uh, they referenced Aule last episode. The god, the Valar, the god for the dwarfs. Yeah. So Aule created the dwarfs, mm-hmm. and Aule was a smith. Yep, and so studying under him, he knows a lot about the smithing life, and so he kind of proved that as well at Numenor, that he all he wanted to do was smithing. He wanted yeah. to be smithing all day. Yeah. And made some like real elvish Numenor weaponry uh-huh. for them to use. He knows quite a bit, and so having that knowledge, being so old as well, and expansive knowledge on smithing, he was able to impress Calabrimbor, and Calabrimbor is like, oh my goodness, I want to suck this man off under my workbench. And one of the cool things, too, quick Google search. <laughs> cool. But uh, I, want I to bet cool... they mouth swing. You think, you think they're progressive enough? It. They're progressive enough I mean, to be swinging? Legolas was a little, a little flowery. <laughs> Maybe that's why the dwarves liked him so much. I don't know. Love, but, hate, um, with them. One of the cool things that I found about Sauron is he actually took one of his names um, was Alendil, which mm-hmm. means devotee or friend of Ale, which was a name that he took up in the Second Age Okay, when he was basically seeking to corrupt the elves. Interesting. Yeah. He There was a bit of elf corruption here. He, he corrupted Galadriel. I wouldn't say corrupted. Would say? He was kind of insinuating there when he was like, oh yeah, just touch the darkness one more time there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting statement in and of itself because when did she touch the darkness before? Touch the darkness, you're you're in talking about the time where she actually goes and confronts him and says, yeah. Who are you? kind of thing. Yeah. Because you're no no son of the king. But we'll we'll get back to that okay. in a in a second here. <laughs> okay, I was like, I was ready to jump to that, but I was like, <laughs> wait a second, we had a lot that that happened before that. Yeah. So I got one little tidbit here. So I don't think that he's necessarily I think that, that the showrunners are kind of winking and nodding to that, uh-huh. to him taking on the name Allendale. I think that it's it's basically a, a wink and a nod in the terms of him kind of helping the elves for uh, forge there. Did you also have his original name too? Because at yeah. this, 
that point, having all of the names, he says that he was there from the be- since the sound was broken. Blah, 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 blah. He's had many names. Yes. What was his original name? So his original name. So he, Sauron is the most powerful of the Maiar. Okay. His original name was Myron, which means the admirable. And he was an immortal spirit. Or I guess is or uh, whatever tense you're talking in there. He's an immortal spirit born uh, before the world's creation. And he was able to perceive the creator, Aru Lugatar, directly. Oak. So he's, he's up there. Like Lucifer, if you want to. He, you said he was with the creator? Really? He was able to perceive the creator directly. I don't know exactly what that means, but it probably means, I'm thinking that like. He was before the creator. No, no, no. Perceive. So I'm thinking that they're pretty like buddy, buddy there, or that at least they used to be. And then there's some type of falling there. All right. So Sauron was Myron. Sauron was Myron. (laughs) Keep it straight now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah galadriel she still finds halbron sauron myron still shifty mm-hmm. on there i had a question for you on that one of like why was she so trusting of him to begin with yeah so i mean there was that, that whole relationship she started off um there's a lot of give and take there uh her and halbron start off very contentious then after she saved his life a dozen times. He saved her life, so on and so forth. They started kind of growing closer and closer. And so I think that's why they had a pretty good relationship there towards the end of last episode. And then this episode, it seems like she started kind of taking the hint that he's not exactly who he says that he is. Yeah. Because of his ability with forging, with blacksmithing, the fact that he's able to give Celebrimbor Mm-hmm. new ideas as to what to do with the mithril yeah that's definitely not something to expect from a human very in- influencing of that uh he was doing so Celebrimbor. he came back around and was talking to elrond king gilglad and galadriel they were having their little circle huddle there they're have they're huddling up talking about the the ring they wanted to create the ring and Celebrimbor said quite a bit of interesting statements there you you wrote those down yeah so they're trying to figure out exactly how to craft the mithril and halbrand comes up with the idea to make it into an alloy to basically stretch it okay. and um kellenborough is explaining that a circular object would be best something similar to a crown because it allows the light to arc back upon itself in one broken round building into a power that is all but unbounded the ring ring is round Mm-hmm. Rings okay. are also round. So they go from, um, they don't want to make just one thing because they say later on that one corrupts, two divides, and then three, there's a balance. Balance. So that's why they decide to make three rings. Okay. Three rings for the elves. So Calabrimbor, he was saying, he, he had a couple of things there of um, that Halbron was just the key to the dam. Ah, he does say that. Right. King yeah. Galgalad is all like, I think it was King Galgalad. He's like, how did how did a human come up with this idea type mm-hmm. of thing? And He's the one that gave it to you? Yeah. And Celebrimbor's like, no, he was just a key that unlocked the dam. <laughs> you catch those eyes shift over on him? Yeah. Galadriel's like, motherfucker, what are you talking about? There was a key, the mm-hmm. sword, that unlocked the dam, that created Mount Doom, like mm-hmm. last episode. Mm-hmm. And Galadriel's like, I tanked that volcano, I was there. Yeah, I took a volcano to the face. 
And now you're just sitting here spouting that in my in my face again. Yeah. So key that unlocked the dam. I didn't catch that, but but yeah, that was that was a pretty good catch there. Okay. I like that. So the second piece too, he said uh, that this is not something to rule flesh, whatever they're making, not to rule flesh, but over flesh. Yes. And maybe, Ooh. just maybe. I was right along the metaphorical lines there, saying uh-huh. that a wave destroys Numenor. Yeah. Maybe the key that is the dam. Halbron. The key that opens up the dam. That's Halbron who destroys Numenor. Maybe. I don't know the words. More metaphorical. More metaphorical there. But there's there's a lot to play. Making the connections and the strings to tether them together. <laughs> what are, no, I'm talking connections and strings. Whatever. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no, you <laughs> that was like last episode's theme. I know. I kept writing his name as Callie. Calibrimbor. I was like, your Callie. name is too fucking ro- long. You're going to be Callie. Yeah. Calibrimbor, Caliborn. Like at a certain point, their names just sound he, very familiar. He gets he gets flattered way too easily. Like a little schoolgirl. You get to be called Callie now. There was uh, quite a bit here that we saw when Galadriel was taking her trip that she confronted Halbron now and was like who are you you are no king your line was cut yeah and Halbron basically gives her a dose of the magic mushrooms sends her into another planet there tripping balls yeah but he he's the theme of it is that he's trying to heal metal earth like what where's what where does your psyche have to be if you're trying to match his thought process of i'm healing metal earth yeah, that's how that's are you the great... hero in this story? Was Hitler in the hero of his own story? I mean, to his mind, he thinks he is, and that's I think the the story of every good villain. Every good villain, at least every believable villain, thinks that they're doing. <laughs> okay, so I was like, what do you mean good, good villain? villain. <laughs> which, which villains you you follow? And you're like, no, he's a good guy. He's every, good. Yeah, he's every, right. Uh, every believable villain <laughs> thinks that they're doing something okay. right. Thinks that they're doing something good. And that's why they're so relentless in their pursuit. <laughs> I know what I want to be when I be- grow up. A believable villain. Believable. <laughs> no, but I mean, the whole entire time I was watching Lord of the Rings, I was waiting for Sauron, I was like, who are, these, who are these hobbits trying to destroy the ring? Like, oh, Sauron just wants his ring back. I mean, come on. <laughs> he's, he's believable. <laughs> Follow that man to the ends of Metal Earth. Uh same thing, watching Star Wars, like, Darth Vader is my man. Like, who the heck is Luke Skywalker? I think he is. Believable villains. Trying to stand up to his daddy like that. Hey, we're not saying good villains, believable villains. Yeah. Ga- gaslight me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my thought there. So, during this trip as well, he's saying that he's feeling the light with the one again. Um, it, it, I believe he was referencing the creator again but he's feeling this light through galadriel what we were really going on about he's trying to heal metal earth but he wants to do it with galadriel that's why he's taking her on this trip he's not just ending her i i'm very baffled by it he he was convincing though he was convincing for me she did get get some stubble like that can convince anybody (laughs) (laughs) the stubble the long hair the just stranded survivalness yeah nice <laughs> uh but you you had a question on that of why why galadriel 
I think he's afraid of Galadriel. Yeah, you think? And this isn't something that has happened in the yin past. Yin and yang again. A little bit. I think there's a whole like keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Okay. Because we see Galadriel's power. Are you saying he's trapping her? Not saying that he's trapping her, but I'm 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 saying that he's a little bit afraid of having her as an enemy. And so he wants to convert her to be on his side okay. because we see in, I think it was in Doggledore, which is over in, in, in the Hobbit in the yeah. movies there, Gandalf, Galadriel, Elrond, they're all battling these spirits. And then Sauron shows up briefly and Galadriel is actually use, using, I think, the ring. She's able to kind of banish Sauron uh, mm-hmm. from that area there. So uh. it goes to show that Galadriel has a lot of power. Uh. Maybe she hasn't realized uh-huh. all of it yet. Um, but I think that basically mm. it's just Sauron's trying to get her on his side because he's afraid of her. Join the dark side, Galadriel. Mm. Together we will rule Middle-earth. 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 that That was just really clicking for me, seeing the visual of having Darth Vader and all that black and Luke Skywalker and all of his white where they they also cut that scene of them stranded it on the raft in the the great ocean or yeah. great sea whatever it was maybe halbern just has a thing for blondes who knows that that very well could be as well uh we uh galadriel's a taken woman though uh we still know the lore ah, widowed from what you think widowed? she thinks at least based off what she thinks <laughs> so maybe she's open Maybe she wants a little Dark Lord action. Out of sight, out of mind. Girls love the Joke. bad boys. You know? <laughs> She's blonde. She's got to make a couple mistakes there. <laughs> so now Galadriel wakens up with Elrond stumbling on upon her in the river there. And they are rushing back to Callie's workshop, Calibrimbor. Good old Callie gal. Where he's finishing up with the rings. They were... Uh, forging them and such and started crafting them i'm curious as to why three rings to begin with like again were these three rings going to control similarly to how the one ring does that's a great question i I don't really know what the powers of those three rings are um at least I kind of know the lore side a little bit here, but okay. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate too much into that okay. because I'm interested to see what the showrunners are going to do with those three rings. Let's see where the show takes it. I was curious. I I do remember them having some kind of power, yeah, power. but to it. But what? Why? And and here's the thing. What gave them power? Is it just forging with the mithril? Because it didn't look like Celebrimbor added any kind of magic to the rings. It looks like he just kind of melted. Actually, there's an arc here that I really liked. Mm-hmm. The fact that they used the metal from Gladwell's brother brother's dagger mm-hmm. in order to create the rings. I thought that was kind of a nice complete arc there because basically uh, her brother was trying to take Sauron down. Right. And then they're creating the rings in order to preserve their life with the goal of taking Sauron down. So there's a cool little arc there with that, with that dagger. Comes full circle, you would say? Mm-hmm. Came full circle. Interesting. Just like uh, Celebrimbor and Halbrand. Stop it. Too much. (laughs) 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 All right. She's fucking obsessed with him. She's obsessed with Sauron. She's like, I got to kill this guy. And now she's going to be in love with him. 
perfect love story. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so that's why so Galadriel. Galadriel. And I think that's why she hates him so much in Lord of the Rings. Uh, mm-hmm. Because um, she's ex-boyfriend. So, I mean, she's giving off that vibe, I think, a little bit there. Maybe she's the problem. Maybe she's, I think, she's I think Taylor Swift. Sauron broke her heart and she was never fully able to recover. Even 3,000 years Almost later. Almost a daddy issue. What does he mean by once more when she t- touched the darkness originally? Two points. Uh, when she dove off the boat, that was also another piece of like, sometimes you have to deep dive into the darkness in order to see the light. Blah, 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 blah. But then also he was saying to simply just let the work proceed. Like, is that just touching the darkness for Galadriel to not do anything? To just yeah. let the work proceed? Because she's always been fighting. She... As long as we've known the Galadriel story, she's just like, no, I have to fight this. I have to keep moving forward. So and so forth. Did you catch the three references to Sauron's eye in this episode? Um, oh. Let's see. One, so two, I one. caught one, which was when they were forging, when they dropped the mithril into the molten metal there. The magma. And it started, yeah, it started kind of spinning around all right. the eye. Uh, two... two. Which was, I think, Halbrand when Galadriel was confronting him. He got all pissed off, and then he saw the the eye basically in his eyes. Yeah, it, it kind of went cat cat eye with it. Yeah. Third, I'm going to say was when it cut to seeing Mount Doom in the reflection ah, of Halbrand's eye. I didn't catch that. Okay, I would say because that he's Sauron. It was his eye. It was a close up on just his one eye. Yeah. Okay. I. Again, I'm going to make the points here and the connections, stringing them together. I, and does it mean anything? Only I care. Um, I will actually no. I, I would disagree with that. I okay. think this whole <laughs> show is based off of these little connections. I think they've done actually a really good job with that. I think that's one of the strongest shoot suits of this show so far. Is they they've done a really good job of dropping hints along the way, yeah, for characters being who they really are. Because that's really the the kind of climax of season one so far has been who's the stranger, who's Halbrand, like and it's all kind of laid out since the on. beginning. And it was all kind of laid out since the beginning, exactly. Okay, and if you pick up on those little hints, you you figure out that the stranger is whatever whoever he ends up being, Sauron or Gandalf, he's good. <laughs> Adar is not Sauron. Don't go flipping on us now. We were Team Gandalf. Team Gandalf would make for the better story. I do think it's Gandalf. If you try to play with my emotions like that and say Sauron, I'm going to throw a punch you. (laughs) You come onto my show, (laughs) you get it right. (laughs) So, I think... um, And if you're listening to this and you're Team Sauron, I'll cut you. I challenge you. I, I'm aiming for the head. It it just has me all over the place because we didn't see the Balrog this episode either. We did not. We didn't see uh, Durin at all this episode. Yeah, Dirt. They uh, we didn't see any of Kaza Doom, where the Balrog is probably just letting loose and rampaging through there. Or he just went back to take a nap. Who knows at this point? Yeah, I don't know. But. They, um, I think so far with this episode, they did a pretty good job of 
wrapping up Halbrand's storyline. They yeah. did a pretty good job of wrapping up, thank God, getting rid of the rest of the Harfoots and focusing on the interesting... The one interesting thing about that whole storyline, which was a stranger. Yeah. They did a good job with that. They did a good job of kind of setting up for Numenor. Mm-hmm. Um, we can tell that there's going to be a lot of heat in that region there between Muriel and Farazon. So that's going to be interesting to see that confrontation there in Season 2. When that comes back around. Okay. Um, so um, I guess my... Balrog Season 2. Yeah, I'm thinking Balrog's going to come up Season 2. I think they're going to squish the timeline there a little bit. Um, so that's that's what I'm looking forward to when it comes to Season 2. I'm looking forward to um, hearing more about Durin. Okay. Um, hearing more about the Balrog. Figuring out what's in Rune... Because that's a mystery to me. I don't know anything at all about Rune. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, what exactly Sauron's plan for Mount Doom is. Because that's where also the orcs and Adar are. So are they going to mm-hmm. work together? Are they going to team up? What's the plan there? There's a lot. I think that there's a lot of good direction that they could head with True. season two. Being that Adar, Adar pissed at uh, Sauron. Hold are they going to kiss and make up? Yeah. No, that he uh, also is extremely powerful, apparently, still. Uh, and so I'm very curious. I I want to look at it at a different level and see what they're going to try to make connections with in Season 2 with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit with what Peter Jackson was doing. Because I think they used up quite quite a lot in this first season. Do they have enough to continue it on? Because we still have another four seasons to go. It's yeah. a five-season show. And a spinoff. So I think season one was really about making the connections, drawing the Lord of the Rings fans together towards Rings of Power, making a lot of connections, making the world seem very familiar. Mm-hmm. And then season two is going to be building off. So I, don't, I think there's going to be less connections moving forward into season two. Okay. I bet the story is going to be packed. Uh, the, it's going to be fast-paced as well because, again, the trilogy, the trilogies that we've seen, those were like over 12, 13 months kind of thing. Yeah. The trilogies were incredibly um, fast-paced, a lot of action scenes. Perhaps we could see over a number of thousands, hundreds of years kind of thing. Yeah. So I I have very high expectations for season two. Okay. Because it feels to me like season one was really about setting up the framework for season two. There wasn't very much that happened in season one. Okay. Final score. One, zero out of ten. Zero to a hundred. I don't, I don't care how you rate it. <laughs> what, what, what would you say uh, Rings of Power from Amazon Prime was? All of season one? All of season one. Okay. In summary. That's a tough. I'm going to give you two scales here. So one is like entertainment value, and then two is going to be, does it stack up with Tolkien's work? So one, entertainment value, it was a hit or a miss, 75%. 75? 75. Okay. So 75 out of 100 there. 7.5 out of 10. 10. And then does it stack up with Tolkien's work? Uh Uh-huh. Not even close. No? I'll give it a 3 out of 10 there. 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10. I thought Lord of the Rings was 30%, leaps and 30 bounds. Out of 100. <laughs> way better. Um, the Hobbit, which wasn't quite as good as the Lord of the Rings movies, um, which... Okay. I, I, here's the thing. I think the Lord of the Rings movies did a really good 
had a really good interpretation from the books. Okay. Obviously, they left some stuff out, but they they did a really good job overall. The Hobbit was less so, but still really, really good. Mm -hmm. Rings of Power does not stack up to The Hobbit, which does not stack up to Lord of the Rings. Gotcha. You're ranking it Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, Rings of Power. Yes. Bottom of the totem pole there. Let me, let me throw a third category out here of how you would rate it. Big Dick Energy. Did it bring Big Dick Energy or not? In terms of the CGI, yes. In terms of the acting, yes. In terms of the storyline, there is... That's not Big Dick Energy. Yeah. Oh, we... <sighs> Big Dick Energy we'll is an all or nothing category. High, <laughs> oh. High expectations for season two. Season cool. one, I'm a little disappointed. You know what? I'm going to write on it right there with you. Uh, I, I suppose we'll see more to come. And I look forward to covering all of the news out. As it's coming out. Yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to covering all the news that's coming out for season two and just overall the show Yeah, uh, moving forward. And so definitely catch us on social media there so that way we can cover our news and we'll tune in every week talking news going to be trying to cover everything current everything in the past there's so much oh yeah i think that wraps up season one of rings of power for us there you feeling it i'm excited for season two season Season one was okay all right this has been mdc that's my guy in the chair over there michael (laughs) my boy (laughs) d is still a mystery and i'm cody see ya peace This has been MDC Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and tell Grandma. We're dropping new episodes every Sunday and Thursday. Let us hear what we should do next down in the comments. Numere, you dorks. (laughs) 